You really scared me. If that's what you wanted. Is that what you wanted? No. What do you want? What's up, everybody? Nez back. East Society Podcast. 31 Days of Horror. Tonight, I am coming at you with the 1979 horror mystery thriller, When a Stranger Calls. You are babysitting for a family. Hello? Have you checked the children? What? Hello, could you get me the police? If he calls again, we can try to trace it. Stranger Calls, Rated R. A young high school student babysits for a very rich family. She begins to receive strange phone calls threatening the children. When she finally realizes that it's not a joke, she calls the police only to find that the calls are coming from inside the house. All right, that was Google. Let's go over to IMDb, see what they got to say. And... Slow ass internet. Anyway, um, a psychotic killer terrorizes a babysitter, then returns seven years later to menace her again. This is directed by Fred Walton, also written by Fred Walton, as well as Steve Fecky. I think that's how you say his name. And this stars the what the hell is her name in Taxi? I can't remember. Oh, I want to say. I know Lodka was Andy Kaufman, and I think she was Simka. Uh, some of you probably, some of you younger listeners probably don't even know what Taxi is, but it was an old show uh, that came on ABC back in the day. And it's going to kill me until I realize what her name was <laughs> in, in Taxi. Damn, she's been in so much stuff. Um, uh, where is it? Was it in the 70s? I'm pretty sure it was in the 70s, or was it in the 80s? I do not remember. And she's been acting for many, many years. That's right, she was in the Muppet movie. I was right, Simka. Don't even, I'm not even going to try to pronounce <laughs> the last name. But uh, anyway, Carol King. Um, ooh. Ratnyanya Alda, I think that's her name. Um, Carmen Argenzino. Did I say Charles Durning? Uh, yeah, I, think, I don't think I did. Charles Durning, uh, Doc Hopper. Uh, he was also in the Muppet movie. Uh, William Boyett and Car- Colleen Dewhurst. D- I think that was her name. Uh, Michael Champion. He was only in it for like a second. But... Uh, Superfly, Ron O'Neill. He plays uh, Lieutenant Charlie Garber and a bunch of other people. 
All right. Uh, again, this film came out in 79. And I had first seen this film when it came on Showtime back in the day. When we first got Showtime, when we actually first got cable TV when I was a kid. So I remember seeing the trailer for it and uh, it looked scary. And, and I was like, all right, cool, man. Right on. I mean, I love scary movies. So uh, I checked it out once uh, I was able to. Um, back in the day, there was this little magazine called the Television Guide or TV Guide. <laughs> and it told you uh, it came in the mail or you could pick it up in grocery stores and everything. And it tell you everything that was coming on. But um, the cable systems had their own little uh, monthly little TV guide that they sent to you. Well, it was coming on like Showtime or HBO at the time. but. Um, we didn't have any of those little things, those little uh, Showtime ones, because we were actually um, our manager downstairs. He had cable and our the cable hookup was still that was linked to his account was in our our, our upstairs apartment. We lived in like a, it was a house, but he lived in the lower part and we lived on, on the topper part, top part. And uh, I guess my dad talked to him. He goes, yeah, go ahead. You guys can use my cable. So, fuck, we got free cable for a while. Uh, shout out to RC. I can't remember his real name. But anyway, so uh, I was able to watch uh, cable movies and everything. And Showtime was one of the channels we had. And again, I remember seeing the trailer. And I thought, oh, this looks good. So I, I wanted to check it out. So I ended up uh, watching it. I had to watch it by myself, like, late at night. And... uh I was I was scared watching the whole thing, but I, I sat there and, and watched it. It was in the 80s. Mm, I was like 82, 83. I, I don't remember. Anyway, so I watched the movie and I was like, wow, it was it was like it was good because I mean, all the stuff to show you in the trailer is like the most exciting parts. I didn't know the stuff in the middle wasn't really going to have to do with anything with Carol King or anything, but I was like, all right, whatever. But with this, this story's simple. I mean, it's always been uh, in someone in the back of everyone's mind, not the movie, but the situation of, uh, of just somebody calling you, calling your house and uh, saying scary things to you. Uh, back in these days, boys and girls, for those of you, uh, you new listeners, we didn't have, caller id we didn't have the star 69 or whatever that was you know, probably don't even know what that is but um we couldn't see who was calling us man we just hello and it was either someone you wanted to talk to or some dumb telemarketer or, or whatever but anyway so she's she sent to babysit the, the mandrakis kids and throughout uh the night she is she starts getting phone calls uh, the first couple of calls was like, hello, and nobody was not was just like me breathing. So she was like, all right, whatever, creep, hang up. And then finally, got another call, she picked it up, and then she's like, hello. And then you hear the voice, have you checked the children? And she's like, who is this? And then and click. So she doesn't really think much of it. I mean, she's probably spooked out, but she she's like, eh, okay, whatever. She just continues to do her homework and everything, and then the phone Rings again. Same situation. Hello? Have you checked the children? And she's like, who is this? And click. So now she's starting to get worried. So she kind of starts looking around the house, looking out the window. This is all at night. And checking the doors and 
Every there was a, a house with uh, two floors. So she starts uh, looking out the windows. I mean, at night, unless your your street is lit up, you're not going to see anything when you look out the window. I mean, I hate looking out my window. I hate looking out my window. Period. But I hate looking out, especially at night, when they could. If somebody was out there, they could clearly see you because the lights and everything are on. But anyway, so the eerie music is going. She starts looking around. More phone calls coming. Uh, she goes, "Hello," and she goes, "Why haven't you checked the children?" And she's like, "Fuck, who is this? If you don't stop calling me, I'm I'm gonna call the cops and this and that and like." So she, I mean, first thing, if someone called, have you checked the children? That would have been the first thing I would have done. I would have went upstairs and, and checked out the situation, but she wasn't sure. So finally, um, she gets uh, more for, she she actually calls the cops and tells them, she's like, look, hey, somebody's calling calling this number and I don't know who it is. And, and the cops are going, well, does he threaten you? And she's like, no, he hasn't just. It's just scary. And I was like, well, ain't nothing we can really do about it. But uh, if he threatens you, I mean, give us a call and we'll send some, uh, send a unit out. I mean, especially in those times, I'm sure the cops are running all over the place and getting phone calls constantly. They, hey, this is happening. But I understand if there's no threat. I'm not a cop or anything. I, I don't know the cop rules, but I'm pretty sure, like, if there's no threat or anything, they're not just going to come out just because you're scared. But, um, my knowledge of cops and everything is from TV and movies and everything. But anyway, so she's like, fuck, she starts looking around. She starts hearing things, but it's, it's really nothing. And then she, uh, well, the cops, uh, she did call the cops again. And she kind of like, hey, um, he's he's still calling. And they're like, you know what? Um, if you can keep, we'll talk to the phone company. And if you can keep them on the line um, for at least a minute, we'll we'll try to trace the call. Um, again, I don't know, uh, police procedures, but I don't know if they have the power to trace calls that quick, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, it's a movie. So, uh, then he called that guy weirdo calls back again and she's like, uh, hello. And, and she goes, I, I know it's you. Um, you're really scaring me if that's what you want. And she goes, is that what you want? And then he's kind of like, no. And he goes, well, what do you want? This part was creepy. This was a clip I played at the beginning. This, this part always spooked me out, even now. And she goes, well, what do you want? And he went, your blood all over me. And then the music goes, yeah. That, that gave me goosebumps. <laughs> but I would have I would have been going off. I mean, I, I babysitted many times when I when I was a teenager, and this movie always came to came to mind. I never had a situation like this, but that really scared the shit out of her. So she's like, "Fuck!" So um, the 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 cops call and she answers up, "Leave me alone!" And he goes, "Hey." Um, what the hell was her name? Uh, Jill, uh, Mrs. Johnson. He goes, Hey, we, we just traced the call and, uh, we discovered that the phone calls are coming from inside the house. And she's like, what? Just, I love the camera work zooms in on in the expression she has on her face. And he's like, what the fuck? So he goes, we're sending a unit over. Whatever you do, just get out of there. And they didn't say, go check the kids or anything. <laughs> he said, get out of the house. Um, 
especially if you're a babysitter, you're not going to just run. You run out. I mean, you're going to you were you were there for a job to take care of the kids. So I assume you got to make sure that they're all right. But she's starting to look around and everything. She um she hears things and then she hears a door open up. We see a door or we see well they she looks up from the bottom of the stairs and she sees a, a door open. And uh, well, this is all shadows on the wall. And then uh, it's a light. And then we see this uh like uh, a shadow of somebody. And she's like trying to open the door, but the chains on it. And then she finally gets the door open and uh, a cop is standing there, Charles Dernan, uh, John Clifford. And she goes, ah, she screams. And then it kind of cuts forward a little. The cops come in and they're going, oh, man, yeah, we we got the guy upstairs. He's he's pretty, uh, he's, he's crazy, first of all. And his um, his blood is like all over. Him, 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 and the kid, the two kids upstairs are dead. So they're like, "Oh man, well, he's obviously just crazy." So let's um, let's get him out of here. So she's like, she. I think that's pretty much all we see of her. Um. So, oh, excuse me. Um, what the hell is this guy's name? Oh, um. The actor's name was uh, Tony Beckett. Was that his name? Uh, yeah, t- Tony Beckley. And uh, he played uh, the guy that was upstairs that killed the kid. His name was Kurt Duncan. So they're like, well, well there's nothing we can do. She's she's actually just scared out of her wits, and uh, he's under arrest. So they kind of take him away, uh, and then they throw him into um, like a nut house, a psychiatric facility after his trial. So flash forward seven years later, um, Kurt Duncan, uh, Kurt Duncan, he, um, he escapes from the mental institution and um, Dr. Mandrakis, he, he hires John Clifford, uh, Charles Durning. Uh, after this case, after that case, Charles Durning just really couldn't, or uh, yeah, Detective uh, Clifford, he really couldn't like function right with his life, so he just kind of quit the force and became uh, a private detective. So, uh, Doctor Mandrakis hires him to uh, investigate uh, the earlier murders. Is now uh, is now a private detective to find a Duncan. Uh, Not knowing Clifford is after him, the homeless Duncan is beaten. Okay, I'm now jumping forward. Anyway, so um. The whole, all the stuff in the trailer with him calling and everything, that was in the beginning of the film, maybe the first 15, 20 minutes. And after that, the middle half of the film is um, Clifford, uh, Charles Durning, searching for for uh, Kurt Duncan. And then we kind of see uh, Duncan, he's, after he escaped, uh, I believe this was all in L.A. Because uh, it looked like it, but uh, I wasn't really sure. Let me see where... Uh, film. Yeah, it all took place in Los Angeles. So, um, he's kind of just trying to. I I guess he was hiding, but he was just kind of just in Los Angeles doing this and that, and uh, going to homeless shelters and and everything. He also he kind of hangs out at this bar, and he he runs. He meets um Colleen Dewhurst. Her name is Tracy. Just some lady that was in a bar that he 
tried to buy her drinks and she wanted nothing to do with him. He kind of followed her home and he didn't try to hurt her. He just wanted to have a friend, but she didn't, she, she thought he was weird and didn't want nothing to do with him. So, uh, throughout the movie, he's kind of going here and there. Um, John Clifford, Charles Durning, he's searching for him. Uh, he goes, uh, he calls up, uh, Ron O'Neill, uh, Lieutenant Charlie Garber and tries to tell him, Hey man, this, this is going on. This is where I'm at. But, uh, the Lieutenant is like, Hey, um, I advise you, uh, I know the situation, uh, what you went through, but do don't, don't do anything too stupid. I mean, you're a private investigator. You only have so much uh, uh, legal responsibility. I mean, you can't just go out and shoot and kill people. But I don't know. I, I could be wrong. Um, so, so the so the rest of the, the middle of the film is uh, John Clifford searching for 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 Kurt Duncan. He kind of pops up here and there. There's, there was a couple times where he almost got him. He, uh, he, um, Clifford, he, uh, hooked up with, uh, Tracy, the Colleen Dewhurst and kind of talked to her and said, look, I know, I know he's been around. I know he, he's in town. Uh, I know he's come in contact with you. Can you, can you help me, uh, catch him? Cause he told her what he had done and she was kind of, then she kind of started to get scared cause she just, she seemed a little worried that he was weird, but she didn't know he, he was a murderer. And he was uh, on an escaped uh, lunatic running around the cities of Los Angeles. So she's like, okay, I'll, I'll help you out. So she tries to help him and walks around at late at night and nothing. Um, she goes back to her apartment and uh, Clifford's like, hey, well, well, we'll try it another night. So thanks. So she goes in the house getting ready to, to go to bed. And then Duncan broke into her apartment. And he's like, I just wanted to talk to you. I just wanted to be your friend. And. I won't hurt you. And she's like all scared. And then he kind of, he had his hand over her mouth. Then he like moved his hand and then she just ah, started screaming. And then Clifford came knocking on the door. Let me in, let me in. What's going on? And then Duncan like turns around. Her apartment must've been either on the, the very top floor or maybe she had a balcony. I don't know. But Duncan goes out the back door. Uh, Clifford busts in, he looks around, he sees an uh, open door, he goes out to the back, and he hears all kind of commotion in the alley, and he looks down into the alley, and we see Duncan running down the road. So he get, jumps out and goes running after him, but he gets away. So he's like, fuck. And then, so he started doing more investigation, and then he found out, he ran into this one uh, homeless guy, and uh, he, I mean, he showed him his picture, and goes, yeah, I've seen this guy before, and he hangs out of this, uh, or he stays at this a homeless uh, shelter. So he went down there to go check it out. And then um, he goes around looking and it's, it's at night and everyone's asleep. So he, he kind of knows he's there. And then um, Duncan notices that uh, Clifford is there. So he gets up and kind of runs off. And then Clifford chases him. He goes down into bear into this uh, lower part of the, the homeless shelter. And he's like, Hey man, um, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to hurt you. Just, Come on, man. I got to take you back in. Um, everything's going to be all right. We'll, we'll get this thing situated and that'll be it. But Duncan ain't having it. So he ends up like running and throwing all kinds of things in the way. So Clifford can't get by. But then he, he ends up getting away. So Clifford at this point is like, man, fuck. I don't know what what to do. So um, 
we uh, see uh, Duncan. He's like looking, looking in the mirror of a bathroom, and he's just staring at himself. And then he starts having flashbacks of what, uh, of the beginning of what he did. Uh, this was stuff that we didn't see in the beginning. It was just, it was all in his head. We see him standing over the kids. Uh, he's in like in a white t-shirt, and it's, it's all bloody. And then he's just kind of like, ah, I know what I need to do. So or whatever, he's just thinking. He said something to them to that nature, and then, uh. We we the next scene we go over and we see Jill. She is uh, now married. She's got two kids. Um, she's getting ready to go out. She's uh, obviously she, she became some uh, something like speaker or something, and she had some kind of special engagement that was going on because it was advertised in the paper, and I believe Duncan saw it, so he knew where she was going to be. So her and uh, her husband they go out to have dinner, and then they go, "Oh, Mrs." Um, Mrs. Johnson, I think that was her name. She was like, hey, uh, you got a phone call. So she goes, okay. So she goes over and she's like, hello. And then you hear Duncan's voice. Have you checked the children? And then she, ah, she starts to flip out. And then her husband comes running over and the police come. Well, obviously they called the cops when she started screaming. So she, they come in and she's like, it's him, it's him. I know it's him. He, he's going to get my babies. And. Her, her husband like calls the house and talks to the babysitter. Hey, is, is everything all right? And she's like, yeah, everything's fine. Why? What's up? And he goes, um, when was the last time you checked the kids? She goes, I don't know, like 45 minutes ago. And then Jill kind of takes the phone. Can you go do me a favor and go check my babies? And she goes, all right, we'll hold on. And then she comes back. She's no, they're, they're asleep. They're fine. So we go over to the house. They all go busting in. The cops are there. Make sure that the, the kids are fine. Uh, the babysitter's fine. So the cops were like, all right, well, everybody's fine here and just, well, kind of keep an eye out. Um, Ron O'Neill, um, Superfly, <laughs> that's all he is in my head. Or if you remember him in uh, uh, Red Dawn, he calls up uh, Clifford and tells him like, hey, um, that uh, lady that was uh, Jill, the Miss Johnson, she got a phone call again from him. So I'm just letting you know. So Duncan's like, ah, fuck. Oh, no, not Duncan. Um, Charles Durning, uh, John Clifford. He's like, well, all right. Um, I'll make it over there. So we go back to the house. Uh, Jill's there. She's talking to her husband. And he's like, it's all right, man. Everything's going to be fine. Just let's go to bed. I went. I searched the house. I'll check the closets and everything. We're, we're fine. He goes to the closet and he gets out a shotgun. He goes, look, you know, you know, I'm a good shot with this. It's going to be right next to me in bed. So everything's all good. So she's like, all right. So she kind of goes downstairs and she can't sleep, really. I, and I totally get it. So she goes downstairs and she starts doing uh, doing her thing, getting ready for bed. She goes back upstairs. Her husband's already asleep and she's sitting there. And I'm sure like she heard every little creak in the house, especially when you're scared. So she's sitting there and then she starts hearing, uh, and she's like, what the fuck? And she's, she, she's her husband. What the hell was her husband's name? Steven, I think. She's like, uh, and she's like, Steven, Steven, wake up. And then, no, no, no. Before she started saying that, we hear, um, Duncan's voice and it's like, uh, hey, and it's to some nature like that. And he goes, I'm I I come back for you. And she, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was basically, yeah, I'm here and I'm going to get you. And that's when she starts going, Steven, Steven, wake up. 
And then she's pushing him while she's sitting in bed. And she had, by this time, she had turned on all the lights. And then we see, uh, this part scared me the first time. It's still kind of creeps me out now. But she, we see it's somebody the back of somebody's head. But then he turns around and it's Duncan. He's laying in the bed. And she, ah, she starts screaming. She jumps out of the bed. He grabs her. They start wrestling around on the ground. Uh, she ends up running out of the out of the room. And then Duncan's about to get up and chase her. And then, and then we see he just kind of falls back and he's got bullet holes in his chest. And then he just keels over. And then in walks uh, John Clifford, Charles Durning. And then he comes in, looks down at Duncan. Duncan's dead. Yeah, he, he, they hear a noise. So he goes over to the closet. He opens it up. And then Steven's in there. Doom, he comes falling out backwards. Uh, he's still alive because he was moving and, and making noise. So she, Jill is just fucking gone by the, at this point. But uh, that's pretty much the end of your film right there. Because the camera goes outside. We see the house. And then we see uh, Duncan's eyes above the house. And then credits start rolling. But her kids are safe. Everyone, uh, he didn't kill her husband. Probably just knocked him out and drug him into the into the closet. But uh, I I like this movie. It it is a horror movie, but they 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 have it labeled here a psychological horror film. All right. Um, if you gonna watch this, I spoiled the whole thing off for you anyway. But if you haven't seen it in a long time, it's on YouTube. The whole movie's on there. Uh, I watched it on Peacock, and I think it's on Amazon as well. But anyway, but I, I like this film. It was it's good for the years when it came out. Um, the budget was one point five million. Man, it it did a killing at the box office. Pun intended. Uh, Twenty one point four million is what it brought in. I mean, when when I the the trailer for it sold it to me. But then when you see it again, all that have you checked the children is only in the first few minutes of the film. And then the rest of it is uh, a police chase. And, th- and then the excitement at the end, it, it wasn't like Duncan was killing fools um, left and right uh, in the middle of the film. So I was, I was I remember, again, I remember the first time I watched it, I was kind of thinking he was going to be chasing her through the whole the house, the whole movie or chasing her outside or whatever. And, and that's not uh, what we got, but I mean, watching this again, I, again, I haven't seen this in a really long time. I thought it was an awesome film. I still love it. I own it. So, but again, if you guys want, if you haven't seen it in a long time, uh, definitely check it out. Like I said, it's on YouTube. So, but all right, that was uh 1979s when a stranger calls. So, uh yeah that's gonna be it this episode just definitely uh, come back tomorrow we're coming down to the last few days of october so uh get ready for a few more days of 31 days of horror so until then be safe out there and party on <laughs>